Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. For the past few weeks, we've been looking at what Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott say are six communication skills that we all need. We were just finishing up number six, communicate through touch, when our time ran out last week. Given its potent impact on our lives, it's no wonder that touch is known as the mother of the senses. There is simply no better way to communicate the idea that you are not alone. You're important. I'm sorry. Or I love you. So the next time you're at a loss for words, remember, touching may be the best way of speaking to your partner. Now I want you to think back to communication skill number three. Understand and accept the differences between men and women. We talked about how generally women are good at what Deborah Tannen calls rapport talk and men feel most comfortable with report talk. I want to shift gears from talking about communication and take a closer look at some of the differences between men and women. This is one of the key areas of my mutual understanding method. We won't go into as much detail as I usually do when I coach couples, but we'll definitely add to what we talked about the last couple of weeks. Regardless of what the popular press would like you to believe, men and women are very different. That's God's design. What's interesting is that in recent years, researchers have discovered that men and women have different biological, psychological, and professional realities. Biologically, among other things, women have larger connections between the two hemispheres of their brains and a tendency toward superior verbal ability. Men's greater brain hemisphere separation may contribute a slight tendency toward abstract reasoning and a superior capacity to mentally rotate objects in space. Psychologically, women frequently find their sense of identity through relationships with others. Men tend to find their sense of self through being separate. Professionally, men are more often focused on long-range goals. Women are frequently more attentive to the process by which those goals are achieved. The contrast between men and women are sometimes so striking, one wonders how the attraction between them can be so strong. Actually, it's a puzzle humans have tried to solve for centuries. The story of creation underscores the fundamental fact of our need for each other because of our differences. Think about it for a minute. Adam lived in the only paradise that has ever existed on earth. He felt no pain. He shed no tears. Everything was perfect. And yet, according to the Genesis narrative, Adam was lonely. But notice... Adam didn't make the request for a helper fit for him. In other words, matching him. Adam didn't even realize he needed one. Genesis 2.18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. God, in effect, said to him, 
For you to be really created in our image, you have to realize that you are designed for relationship, both a vertical and horizontal one. And so far, Adam, you've only been able to experience the vertical. And God created Eve. As we've said in previous broadcasts, the creation design formula changed when Eve was created. Prior to Eve, the animals, the birds, and yes, even Adam were all created out of the dust of the ground. This is what I call the dirt design. And it seemed to be working quite well. The animals were reproducing after their own kind. But when Eve was created, the dirt design was no longer adequate. If Eve had only been created so that she and Adam could reproduce after their own kind, then the dirt design would have been fine. But Eve wasn't created using the dirt design. She was created from Adam's rib. She's now bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. They were created to have and enjoy a relationship that no other part of creation could experience. There is an inherent completeness when a man and woman marry. Our partner seems to make up for what we lack. When we are discouraged, they are hopeful. When we are stingy, they are generous. When we are weak, they are strong. Because we are male and female joined together, there is wholeness. But our differences, if they're not understood, accepted, and celebrated, they become a source of confusion and contention rather than completeness. Too often in marriage, the fundamental differences between men and women are overlooked when we mistakenly assume that our partners are just like us. What is good for me is good for you. We evaluate their behavior according to our feminine or masculine standards, never considering the vast differences between the sexes. I want to help you recognize that your partner, by virtue of being the opposite sex, thinks, feels, and behaves differently than you do no matter what popular culture says. And mutual understanding in this area is critical for the health of your marriage. Popular culture would have us believe that we're really the same, just dressed up in different bodies. The feminist revolution of the 1970s made talk of inborn differences in the behavior of men and women not only unfashionable, but taboo. Once sexism was abolished, so the argument ran, the world would become a perfectly equitable, androgynous place, aside from a few anatomical details. They said that male-female differences were not inborn, but simply learned, and thus could be unlearned. But rather than disappear, the evidence for innate gender differences began to mount. Scientists, for example, uncovered neurological differences between the sexes both in the brain's structure and in its functioning. This forced every objective thinker to conclude that nature is at least as important as nurture after all. Even Betty Friedan, catalyst of much of the feminist movement had to say, The time has come to acknowledge that women are different than men. There has to be equality that takes into account that women are the ones who have the babies. This is exactly what the creation story tells us. Men and women are different, 
but equal in value. While science has shown that men and women are in fact wired differently, that gender differences have as much to do with the biology of the brain as with the way we were raised, we have difficulty accepting, let alone appreciating, our differences. And there's even another step further that we need to be able to move to beyond appreciating our differences, and that's actually celebrating them. And without mutual understanding in this area, a great deal of trouble in marriages begins right here. That's why one of the things I stress in the mutual understanding method is an understanding of male-female differences. Without mutual understanding in this area, you will not recognize that some of the problems you are experiencing in your relationship are simply male-female differences, and they will always be there. Take a group of men and women and divide them so that the men are all in one group and the women in another. Then ask them, What do men need to know about women? And what do women need to know about men? The parrots say the responses will be predictable. The men will say, ah, Women are too emotional. Women don't feel as much pressure to provide the family's income. Women frequently deny their real power. Women talk too much. And the women will say, Men aren't sensitive enough. Men don't do their fair share of the housework. Men are afraid to be vulnerable or out of control. Men don't listen. Such an exercise is not to gripe about the opposite sex, but to help couples see, first of all, that there are predictable differences between the sexes, and second, to realize that the differences they thought were personal, strictly between them and their spouse, are often shared by most other couples. Making marriage work, however, does not depend solely on recognizing our differences. It's a matter of appreciating those differences, too. Many times, couples will identify their differences and then try to eliminate them. But gender differences are not eased by creating or trying to create symmetry by having men and women thinking, feeling, and doing everything alike. The fact is that men and women are different, and couples who openly acknowledge their differences and appreciate and celebrate them improve their chances of avoiding strife. Plus, they increase their level of intimacy by delighting in their differences. The key, of course, is a mutual understanding of what those differences are. Without that mutual understanding, you'll make assumptions and assign motive as to why your spouse is acting or reacting the way they are. And when we make assumptions and assign motive, we always do it in a way to protect our own position. I need to say here that there are always exceptions to the rule. As you begin to learn about the differences between men and women and apply them to your own relationship and personalities, you may find that in some areas you may be switched from the typical man and typical woman, and that's perfectly normal. Having said that, men typically focus on achievement and women focus on relationships. Now, I know that sounds simplistic, and it probably is. 
But remembering this general rule can save you wear and tear on your marriage and strengthen your bond. Since we're using Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott as our current guides, let me include here, in their words, their own experience in beginning to discover the basic differences between men and women. We'll start with Leslie's perspective. During our fourth or fifth month of marriage, I remember wondering why Les wasn't as romantic as he used to be. Before we got married, he planned exciting evenings and even wrote tender love poems. While our time is gone for today, we'll continue this next week. Let me again encourage you to find yourself in one of the many Bible-believing churches in the Treasure Valley this Sunday. Have a safe weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.